I know. I was like so self-conscious getting ready today. I was like, first episode back after getting fat shamed about talking about how tall Morgan Wallen is. And I have something to cover my feet. No free feet. Sometimes Bus Labs. I'm Mac. I'm Jubes. And today is our final book club of the year. Yeah, crazy. Uh huh. Crazy, crazy. I feel like it was April yesterday. Yeah. And what a good book we chose for April. I know. I know. It's still my favorite, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. For those of you who didn't watch April's episode, it was The Inflamed Mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Linking inflammation to depression and anxiety and all that. Fun yeah. Stuff. That was fun. But no, but this this time we're back on the brain. Mm-hmm. This our- it almost like continues on or like offers it from like a different perspective. Yeah. Of how your inflammation like directly influences your brain and your DNA and X, Y, Z. Yeah. Um. So we, should we just get into it or do I we do so. updates on this one? We didn't do any updates on the last one. No. Oh, do you have any updates you were like itching to say? No, none that can wait till next week. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so we read okay. The Telomere Effect by Elizabeth Blackburn and Elisa um, Eppel. Mm-hmm. Eppel. Um, and I think Elizabeth Blackburn is a Nobel Prize winner for her work on telomeres, mm-hmm. which is so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's actually like, so I was really excited knowing that she's like a really like well-known biologist. I was super excited to read a book by her because mm-hmm. um, I don't know, that's just something I was excited about. But mm-hmm. yeah. So do you have any thoughts? I also have thoughts. But I just haven't pulled them up yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, yeah, I liked I liked the book overall. I really did. I think it was good for um teaching those who don't know anything about it right which i think is what's meant to to be it's like act, act as a guide yeah it's very interactive she has like um wrap-ups and she has quizzes and she has all this kind of stuff in within the book mm-hmm. that i really like and i do like the perspective overall i find it to be fairly holistic yeah. being a science-based book yeah and there's like 20 pages of like references in the back yes a lot of references she references like a ton of studies in there Mm -hmm. which is cool it's very very easy to read especially if you're not someone who like you said has studied the brain and biology and stuff so that way it's nice um if you have studied the brain and biology and telomeres it's very boring and not at all what you expect it's gonna be because mm-hmm. I was expecting it more to be like more science-y. More like a textbook. Yeah. Yeah. And less of a self-help book. Okay. Because it is very much a self-help book. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I think I think she did good overall though. Like, yeah, if you're expecting one thing and getting this, and yeah, it's gonna be different. But I do think she does have a, a lot of um science within it, but broken down to be like for the average person. Yeah, very much so. Right? Yeah. And so like Early on in the book, she starts with something like saying, like, aging doesn't have to be so traumatic, which I fully agree, mm-hmm. especially after working with their retirement home. Like, yeah. I think I was a lot more of like the live fast, die young mentality 
until I started working in this retirement home. And then I was yeah. like, no, these people are like 80 to 100 living like they're teenagers. Right. Like, I was like, this is fantastic. Like, so that's when my goal to live to 100 really started. Yeah. And it was also kind of, I was working there before my health issues, but then after my health issues. And that's when I fully kind of dived into that workplace. Yeah. Um, that's when I was like, yeah, no, like, I did the whole live fast. I almost died young. And yeah. now I'm like. <laughs> now we're aiming for 100. Yeah, now I want to live to 100. You really went from zero to 100. <laughs> I, know. I know. I was like, I lived very fast. I almost died young. And I was like, this is not the move. Yeah. Wait a second. Wait a record scratch. Yeah. And so telomeres are part of aging. And so that's yeah the whole premise of it. And so we got this book from my grandma who um she's. Uh, she has like undiagnosed dementia right now. I don't know if you need a diagnosis for that, but it's pretty obvious that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she bought this. Um, she saw it in the paper. It was really cool because she had newspaper clippings in there as bookmarks. And it was the first time someone had like, I think the book had just come out. She saw it in their newspaper. Mm-hmm. She like circled it. She's like, it comes out on this day, like buy it from chapters. And then she like bought it from chapters and wrote in it like this is where I got it from like like see like saw it in the newspaper and so it's kind of cool to see that um, and I can definitely understand why she would um, why she would have been drawn to it yeah because I something that the author talks about really early on in the book is a difference between or like having a disease span at the end of your life mm-hmm. so like you have your lifespan and like half of it's healthy and then the other half you kind of like yeah like. I don't know what the decline into more of a disease ridden lifestyle. Yeah. And you can change when that happens by taking care of your telomeres in a mm-hmm. sense. For those who are wondering, this book was written in 2017. Okay. That's what I thought. But I just, um, sure. yeah. And, and so with, with telomeres too, like in longevity medicine as a whole, um, you can typically, typically get a good understanding on how long you'll live based off of the diseases in your life. Yeah. Um, so it's said that people, most people who live to a hundred yeah. don't notice any sort of disease symptoms until 85. Right. If you're like pat, at 85 and that's when you start noticing some like declines in health, mm-hmm. then you're likely going to make it to a hundred, but it's going to be less. But if you have m- disease before then, yeah, you're not likely going to live to a hundred. Yeah. And that's just based on stats and people who are centurions and like, mm-hmm. um, which is an interesting word. I fucking love that there's yeah. centarians and super centarians so super centarians is like over 100 110 oh my gosh uh-huh. that's awesome uh-huh. okay so and there's like certain cultures in the world and they've they've done a bunch of studies on like how people live to 100 but tying it back to elizabeth's book um a lot of those lifestyle factors that they have day to day just based off of um food and geography and lifestyle and whatnot yeah all promote the longevity of telomeres yeah in a scientific form yeah and so everything is she all the advice that's like within this book is just naturally embedded in these societies and that's why they have such a high population of people 100 plus yeah so um okay so telomeres for those of you who probably like might not know what they are they're um mm-hmm. she describes them as like the caps on your shoelaces at mm-hmm. the end of your um they say non-coding, or it's the, the end of your chromosomes. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, you think of the fancy little X, and then they're, yeah, this is the caps on the end, and they're non-coding yeah. DNA segments. 
and people kind of found them and they're like whoa what the heck are these like that's so weird and then you can shorten them or lengthen them which is something that i thought was really interesting Mm -hmm. um the caps on the shoelace is a really good image because like if you lose the cap on your shoelace it frays and falls apart yeah and that's kind of the premise of telomeres they keep everything like together and healthy and Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. keeps it all Mm-hmm. functioning yeah that was the one thing that i learned in this book that i thought was really cool was that you can lengthen your telomeres mm-hmm. because normally with like self-help books and books like this there's it's almost like fear-mongering where they're like oh you've done xyz so you're never going to get any better kind of mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. but it was nice to know that like oh even if you have shortened your telomeres there are things you can do and things you can implement to lengthen them so that you can mm-hmm. you can kind of fluctuate with you instead of being like well, shorten my telomere. They're shortened now. SOL, so, yeah. Good. I'll just peace out. Gonna like, die at 65 now. Yeah, literally. No. So it was, it, was, it was really nice for someone like me who's in a hypochondriac to realize that, like, oh, all hope is not lost yeah. if you have shortened your telomeres. There are things you can do to lengthen them. Yeah. But um, with that being said, I also expected that the things that we could do were like exercises. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I got into my mind that like there would be certain exercises within the book that we could do kind of like the vagus nerve. Well, they they she did offer some things like some breathwork meditation for yeah. sleep promotion and she offered uh, snacks for telomeres on a nutrition section. Yeah, it was all it varied depending on the um, section. Mm-hmm. Even in the exercise, she talked about like what sort of form of exercise is best for telomere lengthening. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I have a funny story. Okay. Before we like really get into this. Yeah. Is um <laughs> so a few weeks ago or like a week ago or something, I talked about watching the Midnight Club. Mm-hmm. Right. And in the Midnight Club, there was this like creepy old woman, um, ghost, whatever. Okay. Right. Old white woman. Yeah. And this is for reasons. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so when she was like creepy, she actually like made me scream. Oh, okay. It was like scary enough that I've never I don't really jump or scream at like horror shows and stuff. Yeah. But this one, like, she freaked me out and I fucking I yelped. <laughs> it was hilarious. That's funny. And then my boyfriend, who is Caribbean, mm-hmm. um, he looks at me and he's like, Baby, I forgot you're white. And I was like, What do you mean you forgot I'm white? <laughs> he's like, Yeah, you're gonna age like milk. <laughs> like she looked like old and creepy and scary and all that and the white woman he's like yeah you're gonna age like milk and i was like excuse (laughs) you (laughs) that's funny and so this came up like in the telomere and whatnot yeah like when it came to aging and the appearances and all that and Mm -hmm. i was like no i think i look pretty (laughs) yeah (laughs) for 25 (laughs) what's that supposed to mean love i was like you treat me thank you so much (laughs) it's just one of those things like it just popped into my head that story when i was like reading the book and i was like yeah yeah that's that's cute that's funny. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so kind of going off of that telomeres they mm-hmm. i think we kind of already said this but they do play effect in like how old you look yeah it was kind of how she draws you into this book yeah she's saying that those who look older younger tend to have shorter telomere telomeres over the lifespan mm-hmm. um and I've always gotten told that I look older, but I don't know if it's like because of actually my face or because of my size. Yeah. Right. That's fair. Well, I, yeah, I've always been told that I've gotten younger. Like it was my first 
Or second year mm-hmm. of university. So I was like feeling proud that I was an adult and like <laughs> like embracing my autonomy. Yeah. And someone mistook me for my 13 year old sister. And I've never been shot down so fast. <laughs> I was so mad. Oh, my God. So, see, yeah. See, at 14, I, I was getting like 24. Well, yeah. When I was younger, I was like, oh, my God. It's like you seem so much older than you are. Yeah. And I was like, thanks. And then as soon as I was like as old as they thought I was they're like oh you're not actually like seven? Oh, that's super weird I'm like no like I have my driver's license <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I got hit on the airport when I was 14 I was going flying to meet my grandma mm-hmm. and this guy in his mid-20s started hitting on me in the airport and he was talking yeah. like oh yeah you should come to like Niagara Falls with me and my buddies <laughs> and all this kind of stuff and whatnot yeah. and I had, I had to stop him I'm like how old do you think I am yeah and he's like I don't know like 20 24 between there and I yeah. was like I'm 14 he turned around immediately yeah oh, good stop talking turn around did not look at me the rest of the time that literally opens up a completely different can of worms yeah because yeah. at first I was like oh yeah just like being nice chatting and whatever and then mm-hmm. when he started like invite me to Niagara I was like no no thank I'm you five years away from that drinking age yeah I'm also a minor. (laughs) So thank you. No. I know what I'll pass, but thank you so much. But again, with that being said, I don't know if it was like because of my face looking older or if it's because I look like I know what I'm doing. I'm in the airport alone. Like, yeah. It's just responsible. <laughs> yeah, I feel so. like like when we grow up and people can't really tell, a lot of it is like the energy that you like exude and just the way you carry yourself. Yeah. Because Bryce gets that a lot at work where people come up to him and they're like, oh, like you're 30, 35, right? And he's like, no. Yeah. No, I'm 24. Yeah. Thank, thank you. And they're like, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. Like even people who've like worked with him have been like, yeah, like you're mm-hmm. like 30s, hey? And he's like, not even close. Yeah. And he's like, I'm actually younger than you. And they're yeah. like, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that guy over there, yeah, he's 18. So. <laughs> yeah oh my gosh but um in the book she also talks about this psychologist on about uh, becca levy basically on like perceptions of aging Mm -hmm. and the whole premise of this study was that those who perceived aging as more beneficial are more positive yeah aged better than those who had negative perceptions on aging and this is because it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah like your brain has so much power in how you age and how you feel and ever how you see the world day to day. It's very much like and a mind over matter almost. Fully. Yeah. Like they're matter, matter matters. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> whether it's gray or white. <laughs> Get it? That's a brain joke. <laughs> <laughs> but your life experiences and the way we respond to life's events can actually change the length of your telomeres. And so mm-hmm. having a positive outlook on aging and every day of your life and every phase of your life yeah. is going to help you in the long run. Yeah. And like when I read that, I thought back to when I was working in a bakery in high school and the lady I was working with had her 50th birthday the same year that my dad had his 50th birthday. Mm-hmm. But I would have guessed that the lady who was turning who I was working with was closer to 60 mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have guessed that my dad was anywhere close to 50. So it was weird to have those two people the same age in very different walks of life. Yeah. Like it was just, it was shocking. So that's the clearest example that I have for myself of the difference in almost like mind over matter and telomere mm-hmm. length in two different people. Yeah. Well, and in the book, she talked about the whole um, 
if you were to go to your high school reunion five years out of high school or whatever, so everyone's in their mid 20s, you're not everyone's going to look like they're in their mid 20s. Yeah. If you go a decade after, Mm -hmm. by the time mid 30s hits, you're going to see some people who are already graying, some people who are looking better than others, some people who. Yeah. Like that 10 year difference is really when you see the shifts in how you're going to age because people are now developing careers or they're married or they have kids. Mm -hmm. Some have more stress, some have less stress. Like, a lot of major <laughs> life events went off yeah. through your phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of major life events have like gone on in between the span, right? And so yeah. then you're developing coping mechanisms, whether they're healthy or not. Yeah. But it all kind of affects. And something that I thought that was really interesting um, is that if you as a parent have shortened telomeres, you pass those on to your children because you pass them on through your chromosomes. Mm-hmm. And so if anyone's familiar with... Um, cell reproduction mm-hmm. like your chromosomes split and then they mix when you mm-hmm. have kids so i thought that was very interesting how mm-hmm. you can kind of like start your kid off on the exact wrong foot if you have like a super stressful life leading up to pregnancy and you don't mm-hmm. do things to kind of if you don't realize that that's something that you can even do because i had no idea it mm-hmm. makes sense but i'd never really yeah. thought about that yeah yeah well it's also like passing down genetic diseases and different things like that too mm-hmm. same premise right it's just because you have the gene doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna show up mm-hmm. in your life but once it shows up it's much easier to pass down yeah and all that and i think there was something in the book do you remember if it was like women are more likely to pass like if the father has shorter telomeres it doesn't affect the child as much as if the mother has shorter telomeres because the child absorbs a lot of the mom stuff in, yeah. in utero okay i just wanted to make sure that i actually did read that in that book and that wasn't something that i just made up yeah at the end of the book he touches more on like pregnancy and how um different things throughout your pregnancy can affect your child's telomeres and health Mm -hmm. overall and then also talks about how your childhood affects your telomeres yeah because this piggybacks off of what was our other book that we read um we've read 14 (laughs) (laughs) uh um oh shoot why am I blanking on it? Um, Do you have something about what it was about? Stress response in childhood. I think that was the inflamed mind. Or were we just talking about something like, I don't know, either way. So basically where I'm going off is that your experiences in childhood can carry on like with you, like into your adult life and makes you a shorter um, fuse to stressful situations. Okay. I think that was the inflamed mind because they did a study of if you are, if you experience stressful things in your childhood you're more predisposed to inflammation in your adulthood yeah yeah we were talking about something recently oh okay blanking on whatever episode it was but i think i, I did reference that okay yeah but same kind of premise with the, t- the telomeres is that mm-hmm. your stress as a child shortens your telomeres if you don't know how to lengthen them then it's gonna be a little bit they of a spiral just keep going yeah definitely and it's not like you only have 10 telomeres just so that you're aware like it yeah. <laughs> you have like multiple thousands of them yeah so and it's not like yeah you only have 10 and if you like smoke mm-hmm. one cigarette boom you're done like yeah exactly it's over time a little bit so the first kind of quiz that she has in the book is your stress response style did you do that one um kind of in my brain i didn't write anything down just because i knew mm-hmm. it was poor <laughs> Um, (laughs) just from who i am i was like i don't need to take this test to know that i don't respond to stress in a productive way yeah did you take it yeah i did i got number seven which is my i fell in the range of like my stress style tends to be healthy okay and this 
quiz basically you go through it and it's like um do you find stressful situations as like the end of the world or as a challenge and do you freak out at the small things or how able or how quickly are you able to bounce back after a stressful situation yeah all sorts of it's just your perceptions on stress which has been shown that your perception on stress and she has links um to some studies after this chapter but your perception about stress is more influential than the stress itself okay and so that's why like two people can experience a situation the same mm-hmm. or the same situation sorry and have two completely different experiences right based off of your stress response mm-hmm. right yeah so you and i we could go to the store and have like a stressful situation happen and because of who we are yeah. you're going to hold on to that much longer than i will yeah yeah and and, the, and so much of that goes back to like i don't know like how you were raised and what you were modeled and like there's so mm-hmm. much going into that other than telomere length mm-hmm. but it does affect your telomere length yeah. and there's also um she also touches in this book about the type a personality and cardiovascular health and all that kind mm-hmm. of stress so there are certain personality factors that also contribute to how you react to situations mm-hmm. yeah so yeah so catch me in 50 years with cardiovascular disease <laughs> <laughs> like i don't want that to happen i'm just realistic about how that's gonna work it's, it's so not it's not a be all end all again it's nothing's like well, and I'm trying to do what I can yeah. to mitigate that mm-hmm. while I can, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and so the whole personality affecting your stress response and whatnot goes into the fact that being under chronic stress does not inevitably lead to telomere damage. Right. Because yeah. your perceptions are able to mitigate that response. Right. Um, I just have a couple quotes that I liked. One was the brain is wired to predict things ahead of time, not just react after things have happened, mm-hmm. um, which I thought that was kind of interesting. I don't even remember the context, but it was something of like, um, like recognizing patterns in things. And I yeah. was like, hmm, interesting. So I like that. Uh, and then there was one about emotions, which I thought was really interesting because she went into like how your emotions affect your telomeres and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it says our emotions are not pure reactions to the world. They are, are our own fabricated constructions of the world. Knowing how emotions are created is powerful. Once you know this, you have more choice over what you experience. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of going back to like experiencing stressful situations and knowing that like you mm-hmm. should only experience this emotion for 90 seconds, but if or less than six seconds or whatever, oh, yeah. I think she said no more than 90 seconds or something. Yeah. Um, but if you're in a fight or flight stress response, you're going to drag that out and continue carrying it and it's going to be very mm-hmm. damaging. Well, so. and that's where like mineral depletion happens and chronic systemic low grade information and all mm-hmm. that, like all that comes from chronic stress with no recovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was just cool to think of emotions as not, they're not, not that your emotions aren't valid, but sometimes they're not the truth. Mm-hmm. Like they're your, your reaction to what you're, perceiving it all goes back to perception again definitely Definitely. um touching on inflammation Mm -hmm. there there was also studies of how um chronic inflammation does shorten telomeres as well right which makes sense chronic inflammation can lead to so much disease which would be the shortening of telomeres and then your cells aren't able to turn over properly and it's just a yeah chaos (laughs) yeah it was cool to have her link Mm -hmm. Yeah, immune function, stress, like mm-hmm. the whole gut brain connection again of like psychoneuroimmunology. Yeah, that's what that's we, what it was. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
I was like, we definitely, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. I'm like, what, <laughs> what did we do? But that wasn't a book. Yeah. Her studies in here very much touch on the premises of psychoneuroimmunology. Right. Yeah. How true. your brain and perception affects your body. Yeah. In a different form than what uh, Inflamed Mind talked about mm-hmm. and kind of what we touched on in that episode as well. Yeah. This one's more like telomere specific. So big thank you to Blueland for working with Sometimes Spotted Slaps. If you're passionate about the earth and a clean home, then these are the cleaning products for you. Blueland is a company that sells eco-friendly cleaning products on a subscription basis. You can buy the welcome kit, which comes with dissolvable tablets of the products and reusable containers for each product. I got the clean sweet kit, which comes with a foaming hand soap, laundry detergent, powder dish soap, dishwasher detergent, multi-surface cleaner and bottle, bathroom cleaner and bottle, and glass and mirror cleaner and bottle. And I love it so far. It has done exactly what I need it to do. So there are so many kits that you can get. And once you have what you need, then the tablets can be mailed out as needed. So you can just order the tablets and you don't have to get rid of the bottle as if what you do when you go to the grocery store now. So we love that they don't send out useless plastic bottles with each product and you can just pop a tablet into the bottle and reuse it. So if you're interested in incorporating Blue Land products into your everyday life, click the link in our description and or on our website. I have here ego threat stress. <laughs> okay. I didn't write down what page number though, so I'm trying to think of what it was, but I'm pretty sure it's something about that's the worst type of stress you can carry. Like because, if it threatens your ego? Yeah. Okay. I think Is it like ego think. as in like perception of who you are or ego yeah. as in like a grandiose feelings about yourself? It's it's your ego threat. So like yeah. who you are. Right. If it's okay. like challenged and you're like, no, if you panic, I think yeah. that's when people tend to spiral the most. And that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because you hold, it's your identity. It's what you're holding on your entire perception yeah. of self-worth onto. It's very difficult to have something mm-hmm. or someone threaten your identity because mm-hmm. that's who you think of, that's who you think you are. Yeah. And, and so with that, like, we have apparently an average six, of 65,000 thoughts a day. Jeez. Fascinating. Yeah. And so if these thoughts are threatening who you are as a, as a person, you might end up becoming more pessimistic Mm -hmm. and high pessimism has been um, equated to shorter telomeres as a whole. Right. And so all of these like factors, she then ties into the next quiz, which is like your personality or thinking styles quiz. It's like your personality, who you are, how your personality traits affect your telomeres or projected telomere length. And so Leading up to the quiz, she mentions how stronger feelings of life purpose um, are related to reduce risk of stroke and improved functioning of immune cells. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because it's like all eudaimonic <laughs> happiness. It sounds like demon, but no, it's okay. E-U-D-A-E-M-O-N-I-C. Happiness. Okay, interesting. And so that was tied to, to that style of happiness. But it's just like having purpose, having reason why you're here and why you're doing what you're doing yeah helps you feel at ease and like keeps your ego like chill and well and then if you do experience stresses related to that you are better able to deal with them because mm-hmm. you like, like that's no. okay this is my purpose like this isn't a be all end all stress like this is a exactly yeah and then being a conscientious person is one of the most constant predictors of longevity interesting which is fascinating I think it's just like being mindful, being aware, being, right. you know, being able to take like 
things in the moment rather than carry it with you. Yeah. And that's where the rumination yeah. piece, that's how it acts de- detrimental to your telomere. Yeah. Health. Yeah. Exactly. Do you want to go into, because we both took the thinking styles quiz. Yeah. Should we compare results? Absolutely. Okay. Um. So for the first one was for pessimism. Mm-hmm. Oh, you- I got four. So I'm average in pessimism. I got one. I'm low in pessimism. Good, good. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. For optimism, I got a nine, so I'm high in optimism. I got a ten. Nice. I'm high as well. Look at us go. Yeah. Uh, I got a ten and average in hostility. I got seven, so I'm low in hostility. Okay, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize the first question was like, um, I often think that I know better than people I have to talk to or follow, and yeah. I didn't realize that that was hostility (laughs) but like not that i think that i know better than everyone but i hadn't like hostile to me is like standoffish to someone else and so to like having it phrased in that way didn't make me think of hostility immediately yeah but when you think of it in that moment be like if your boss is telling you to do something one way and you're like well no i know better yeah you're immediately like standoffish so that's That's the hostile part of it yeah it's not just like Oh, you're stupid, and I know better anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, but that's how the question read. Yeah. So that was like, I, and that's how I envisioned it. So I was like, hmm, yeah. didn't think about that. But, no. Okay, what'd you get in rumination? 12, so I'm low. Okay, and I got double that with a 24, <laughs> and so I'm average in rumination, which that feels like a really high number just to be average. Yeah, well, the rumination, there was a lot of questions for it, though. Yeah. Like, it had, like, a substantial amount of questions compared to the other ones the other ones were like four yeah comments and that one was like there's eight, eight yeah or nine so yeah makes sense um and then i got 32 for conscientiousness so i'm average i fall in the average range okay i got 21 so i'm low in conscientiousness <laughs> but i still don't fully know what that word means so i'm not taking that to heart <laughs> it's just being like yeah mindful aware in the moment yeah mostly and i like mm-hmm. yeah um I got 18 average in purpose. I got 24, so high in purpose. Nice. That's sweet. Again, kind of as I expected, just based off of how I think. Yeah. Like, I definitely, don't get me wrong, I go through stress. Yeah. I think everyone goes through stress, but I don't carry my stress with me, like, long term. Well, and something that I did with this quiz is I never clicked strongly agree with anything. Yeah. Because I was like, I, I was reading it as like a... When I do quizzes where it's like strongly disagree, disagree, neutral, agree, strongly mm-hmm. agree, I usually just I do it agree or disagree mm-hmm. unless it's something that I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. But these questions were so open ended that I was yeah. like, I'm just going to click agree mm-hmm. or disagree. Like it's I can't I don't have enough mm-hmm. strong feelings about it. Yeah. The only one I had like, the strongest feelings about was um like the life purpose. Okay. Because yeah. I'm feeling. I'm feeling pretty direct, even though um, when you go back to the stress style, you had to like kind of think of a a recent stressful event and mm-hmm. how you dealt with it. And that was, that was the best way for you to describe your stress style. Yeah. And my most recent stressful event was the job hunt. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so we're, yeah, that was a stressful month and a half of my life. Yeah. Because it's like you need money to move and live and do yeah. everything. It's now that that's been solved. Mm-hmm. I'm no longer like thinking about that or carrying, carrying yeah. it. Right. Yeah. I'm like, no, everything's good again. Like I'm 
I'm working. I'm going to get income. Life is going to be good. I'm going to be able to build up my savings again. It's fine. Yeah. Right. But definitely in the moment, it was like the world's ending. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so I think that's something else is like that can really affect these quizzes is Mm -hmm. your state of mind when you're taking them. Mm -hmm. Especially like when I when we read the seven hat or. Yeah. Yeah. Seven habits of highly effective people. And you thought that I didn't like it. But then going back and later talking about it, I do really value the things that he said in there. But it's the mindset of where I was and what was going on in my life at the time. Because we had just taken the quiz right before and you didn't like your quiz results. Oh, I thought we took it during. I thought we took it before. Oh, it was a longer quiz that we would have had to talk about after. I don't remember. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. Right. So it's just little things that can affect how you. view things and so that's why quizzes like this i'm Mm -hmm. not trying to like portray that i'm unhappy with my answers i think my answers are very accurate yeah but like i'm saying if you get an answer that you don't like and you're like well why is it like this it might just like well be situational right like that's an example of ego threat stress right like yeah the the quiz from stephen covey telling you that you're not a very effective person and you think you are an effective person yeah is an ego threat stress because now it's like changing like who you think you are yeah right and you're like well it's fine no i'm good like it's yeah i don't screw you and there was one what one was it um there was a question that was like how effective are you (laughs) (laughs) how dare you (laughs) (laughs) this is a trigger (laughs) how dare you talk to me like that (laughs) no but it's just going through and like yeah, I recognize it's not a personal attack that these are meant to like kind of help you mo- move forward. <laughs> yeah, and like I forget where I was going with that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Efficiency and effectiveness for everyone is different and it's hard to like look at one person and be like you're the most effective person ever Yeah, when people's brains are different. Like a neurotypical yeah. and a neurodivergent person are going to be effective in very different ways. Yeah. So. Definitely. Whatever. That's just me validating my existence. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm actually in a good mood today. <laughs> but that is but there is an example of that, right? Because yeah. you are neurodivergent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I am neurotypical. Yeah. And we have different experiences. Yeah. Different you just you just do things differently. Yeah. But and that's the beauty of everyone being created differently. Yep. Um so after personality kind of goes into depression and anxiety, <laughs> which is really accurate to the conversation topic, but it mentions that, that people with depression have shorter telomeres in the hippocampus region, mm. which isn't good because it helps. Um, hippocampus is like memory coding and it's all part of that mm-hmm. recall. And so this is why you kind of get that numb feeling. You don't really remember your day to day. And and I feel like it also makes sense for people who ha- experience um, stressful situations in their childhood and then when mm-hmm. they're trying to remember they have just like a blank slate around then because it's a protective factor your yeah. brain's like trying to remove it and black it out so that yeah it's not as heavy <laughs> yeah you don't have to deal with that as much because negative thoughts are like microtoxins which is a quote that they said in the book which i really like yeah because you won't notice it like tomorrow like you have microtoxins today you're not going to see the effects tomorrow mm-hmm. but you're going to see the effects later on down the line yeah which I thought was a really fascinating analogy. It's a, it's a good way to put that in a way where you're not necessarily coming off as toxic positivity. Yeah. It's like 
it's okay to feel things and think things and be a little bit pessimistic sometimes. Mm-hmm. But also, if that's all you think, it is going to be toxic to yourself. Definitely. Um, I think I had a quote going along with that, actually. Um, nope. I have the next note I have is the being mode versus doing mode and what it is. Okay. I didn't really, I didn't have any comments about that one. I just gotta find it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This was just more of like, um, of course, this would stand out to me because I'm lower in conscientiousness. And so it's mm-hmm. um, being in the moment versus mm-hmm. just like doing in the moment, I guess, is the best way to put that. So it's just yeah. like if you're in doing mode, which is automatic, you're not noticing what you're doing. You're living in your past or future time period instead of the present. You're absorbed in stressful ideas. Um, and you believe thoughts are true. You cannot observe your mind's workings and your mood is controlled by thoughts. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're in a being mode, you're paying attention to the moment. You're living in the now. You're absorbed in current experiences. Um, and you have freedom from believing the thoughts. So I, <laughs> this might be my neurodivergence. I don't understand the being mode because I like I understand when I'm ever not in the moment I'm like disassociating and like daydreaming yeah in the past or future but I'm not doing that all the time because when they say absorbed in current experience you're able to fully taste smell touch and feel mm-hmm. and so I can smell and taste and feel what's going on right now mm-hmm. So I don't know. My brain just doesn't understand the full because you can never like not fully not be in the future or present. But it's the difference of like, um, you know, being like on autopilot and like, you know, when you forget to drive, like did did I even drive? That's kind of what that's that's what it's talking about. (laughs) Okay, is like you're wrapped up in somewhere else other than your car. Right. Right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I am not huge on meditation. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's bad. I just I haven't fully dived into it. But mm-hmm. the whole meditation is being like present. So just sitting with yourself, sitting with the silence and breathing. Yeah. That's what a lot of like conscientiousness comes from. Right. Um, or even like when you're stressed out at work or something, right? I say yeah. go outside, I take deep breaths. Mm-hmm. That's because you're bringing yourself back to the moment right. rather than what's been going on. Right. Um, and so when I'm driving, for example, I think I feel like I always live in the moment. Like mm-hmm. it's very rare where I'm thinking about like what's next, where am I going? Blah blah blah. Right. Like oftentimes I'm just like listening to my music and like looking at the road. Or if I'm like, oh, the sunset's really pretty right now, and I just mm-hmm. live in that moment because I'm like, yeah. I can't change anything right now. I can't change what happened before I got in my car, and I can't like I'm when I have already pre thought about what I'm going to do when I get there. So right now I'm just like, okay, just don't die, don't get in a crash. Yeah, I guess so, but. In my sense, like, I don't know. I'm just very literal in that sense. And so mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time, like, not taking it quite so literally. The yeah. whole, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I definitely dissociate more than I should. So I think it's just, yeah, but just being aware of being in the moment. And rather than being like, oh, time got away from me. And, mm-hmm. Or that's actually, that's a bad example. Because sometimes you can be in the moment so hard that time does get away from you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, because a lot of people think that that that's not living mm-hmm. in the moment is because time got away from you mm-hmm. but like yeah i don't know it's just i struggle to fully understand yeah not 
living in the moment here and now. I guess compare your thoughts to when you're wrapped up in a book Mm -hmm. versus when you're doing errands. I guess. Like usually for my. That's yeah, that's a good example. Because when you're doing errands, like if you're grocery shopping, you're like, okay, I need this for this meal. And you're like, but you're also still in the moment because you're like. The grocery store is loud. You're pushing a cart. You need to find what you need. So you're like thinking like you're doing both, you know, like you can't be in a grocery store and like, like productively grocery shop without thinking ahead or thinking back to meals that you like, you know, so you're still in that moment, but you're not technically like you're thinking about both, you know, Yeah. but do you feel attached to that moment or involved in that moment or are you kind of like, okay, check, move on? Hmm, I don't know. Depend, right. I guess. Yeah. Whereas like having like an emotional attachment to your books. Yeah. I think that's like the best meditative act for you. Oh, and I disagree. Really? I Yeah, because I'm not living in the moment. I'm living in their moment. Yeah, I'm not. That's, I'm no longer me. I'm them. Interesting. And I'm taking on their entire all of their emotions. But you're focused in the present of what you're reading. I guess. Again, you're not thinking about what happened to you yesterday or what you got to do tomorrow. Yeah. You're just, you're reading. Hmm. That's all your brain's doing. That's all you're doing in that moment. And so you're just like, you're focused on in the now. Yeah. Rather than the past, present, or past or future. I guess. Hmm, that's trippy. Because so much yeah. happens in the books. <laughs> and that's why I cried for the last 200 pages of the last book I read. <laughs> I've never actually sobbed reading a book. And yeah. I cried for like four hours. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was glad I was home alone. <laughs> good. It was a good cry. Yeah. And so then the final like major quiz in this book is like your telomere trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, which. Let me find all the questions. I didn't write them down. Mm. Before we go into that, while you're finding okay. that. Something that I thought was very interesting was she talked about um, weight loss and um, its link mm-hmm. to telomeres. Do you have anything on that? Not really. Not. Okay. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was very interesting that it was like weight loss doesn't necessarily or like your weight doesn't affect your telomeres, which I thought was interesting. And she was like, yo-yo yeah. dieting does. Yeah. And so the best way to like um And big thank you to Chamberlain Coffee for working with Sometimes Shabbat Slaps. As you guys know, Journey and I met working in a coffee shop, so coffee is our love language. And Chamberlain Coffee is a coffee company that was started by Emma Chamberlain, and we are so proud to partner with her. If you love coffee as much as we do, then we know you'll love this. There's no shortage of coffee paraphernalia you can purchase from her website. As well as matcha, she has coffee bundles and instant coffee mixes and just makes coffee as accessible for everyone. Exactly. So get up to 15% off plus free shipping and a free gift when you subscribe for auto delivery at chamberlaincoffee.com. You can also get another 10% off when you sign up for text at chamberlaincoffee.com. And bonus, if you have a Keurig, then you'll love that there are new coffee pods available. And we have the link for that over on our website. So if you're interested in Chamberlain Coffee, you can head on over to sometimesbossapps.com and you can find the updated links underneath our affiliates section. Like the only thing that really affects your telomeres is what you're eating and how physically active you are, not Mm -hmm. 
how much you weigh. Yeah. Which, yes, they're linked, but also not in the sense that she was mm-hmm. talking about. And um, that ties into the twin studies. Okay. That I mentioned in Psychoneuro. Right. Because again, the one who was like slightly overweight, but like lived a really calm, chill lifestyle with moderate movement mm-hmm. was physically younger which the measure the measure the aging they do use telomeres right yeah and they mentioned that in this book too yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah so i just thought it was very interesting that how um that yeah your weight doesn't actually affect that as much as you think it does like there's other Mm -hmm. things other than just how much you weigh that are affecting your telomeres if your weight is from like inflammation you have like chronic low-grade inflammation then that's gonna affect your telomeres yeah it's it's often like more of like a byproduct i guess like there's other things that are going yeah. on yeah um and also in this section you talked about like where you carry your weight and so if it's like concentrated around your organs mm-hmm. it's gonna have more negative effects than if it's like towards your limbs mm-hmm. so that's why people who carry their weight in their hips um are healthier yeah. i guess it's a subjective term yeah than those that carry their their weight in their stomach right yeah well oh. and it's usually like a lot of people who carry their weight in their stomach, there's like a hormonal aspect that goes yeah. like there's other things that go on to just yeah. where your weight is. Yeah. But she does touch on the fact that BMI is not an accurate representation of yeah, weight. Yeah. Which is which, nice. Accurate. Um, and then, sorry, just before we go on to the mm-hmm. telomere thing, she talked about coffee being like really good for your telomeres. Interesting. I, and it, I it literally that. goes against every single thing she talks about. Like, people say coffee is yeah it was it was just very weird for me to be like it was the only like positive thing about coffee that i've read yeah and it was well i think it's like not coffee as a whole as a culprit but coffee does have side effects that have a lot of negative effects for everyone else like yeah it was like it was affecting your hormones right yeah well Um, amongst other things or i don't know what exactly it was affecting right like Mm -hmm. yeah it just like, I've never really had an effect of coffee. Like, I haven't noticed a negative effect. Mm-hmm. Um, the coffee is hit or miss. It really depends on how you react to it. Because mm-hmm. it's a, a stimulant. But teas are stimulants as well. It's just a different type. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know the, it was hurting my spleen. Oh. That's what it was. Yeah. I think. Who knows? It hasn't stopped hurting, so. <laughs> Obviously, it's in coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's just, Yeah. It's. I don't think the bean itself is necessarily awful, but adding twenty pounds of sugar into whatever coffee drink you have and cream and all this yeah. other stuff that comes with coffee culture or drinking too much coffee, mm-hmm. it just it varies. Yeah, just caffeine as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, once we do this test, I'll see. I have the page number written down, so I'll try and figure out what it said more so. Perfect. Um. So yeah, the final quiz was your projected telomere health yeah. and whatnot. And so the first um, section was about stress exposure. Mm-hmm. And I got uh, uh, two points for that. So I'm low risk. Yeah, same. same. So stress exposure is just like, are you experiencing severe job stress and burnout? Are you a caregiver of someone who's ill? Are you, do you live in a dangerous neighborhood? Like these type of um, questions. Yeah. And they were like, yes or no. But the yes was usually like very extreme. Yeah. That's what you have to know. Um, the next thing is like mood disorders. Like, are you just, are you, um, diagnosed with anything? Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not diagnosed. <laughs> and see, that's the thing where like, technically no. Yeah. But, but you could also, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, third section is like your social support. Um, do you have someone to talk to? Do you feel supported by your group 
and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I got average for that one. I got whatever one is. One, yeah, average. Okay. Well. Um, and then it touches on like physical activity. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have. Well, I got I got two points, so I'm like in the low risk range. Okay. Yeah. For that. Wait. Can I see that for a second? Yeah. Because it gave you six options and you had to oh. pick what what option best describes your physical activity. Yeah. So the option I picked was number two, which gave me zero points, which means I'm high risk mm-hmm. because I like I'm not consistent enough for me to select anything other than maybe I go for a walk once or time. Yeah. Once or twice a week. Like, yeah. Um, And then it touches on sleep, so your sleep pattern. So it's like. How do you have quality sleep? Are you in REM? Like, are you doing doing good mm-hmm. and i got um low risk for that or no whoa two points so i got good okay i I'm got at low risk yeah i got one so i think i'm either Some average risk. or yeah yeah so average which makes sense yeah and then nutrition habits and for my nutrition habits i got average um i got whatever zero is high high risk oh right yeah and so it talks on things like, are you taking omegas? How are your fruit and vegetable intake? Um, how much sugar are you consuming? Processed meats. All things that we've talked about on the podcast before. Just like yeah. quality, whole foods. Yeah. Nothing too processed. It's better. And she kind of and that's, follows up with that. That's such a situational one because lately, no, my fruit and vegetable intake hasn't been great. Mm-hmm. But like over the span of my life. Mm-hmm. it's been good but in the last week or so it's been bad so that's what i'm basing it off of yeah not to try to validate my answer <laughs> again but like <laughs> just saying <laughs> yeah and see i take that too like i have moments like where i fall of course right and that's why i got average because yeah even though yes i study nutrition and yes i live a relatively healthy life mm-hmm. i go for fast food because i've got no time and, yeah you know things yeah. like that but I try to do like healthier fast food options. <laughs> yeah. As best as I can. Um, and then the final one that she talks about is like your environmental chemical exposure. And so I got low risk for this one as well. Yeah, same. Um, but I guess I could be av- could be average or no, it's just like either this one is weird because either you're zero points or you're two points. And so it's either <laughs> you're you're low or you're high. Oh, okay. And so if you consider the city we live in as like a very heavy traffic related pollution city, yeah. then I would be high risk. Mm-hmm, same. But I wouldn't say it's very. Yeah. Like it's not. We're not in New York. Well, we're not yeah, in Toronto. It's like, it is a huge city. Yeah. In terms of like Canada. Yeah. But like. It's small in scale of like we're not in Hong Kong. We're not yeah. in New York. We're like not. We only in... have like one point six million, not like ten point six million, right? Like exactly. So I said it was not because I wouldn't say it's. You don't see smog to insane amounts in the city. Yeah. Like there are smog days, mm-hmm. but yeah, overall I wouldn't say it's like very. Yeah, bad. right. It's never yeah. like you can't see it surrounding the city. Yeah. Um. Okay. So the coffee thing. Um, meta-analyses show coffee reduces the risk of cognitive decline, liver disease, and melanoma, which is mm. interesting. And there's only one trial that's been done on coffee and telomere length, but the outcome was positive, I guess. So, like, take that how you mean. Um, yeah. But what else did this say? 
Yeah, the people who, in a sample of over 4,000 women, those who drank caffeinated coffee were likely to have longer telomeres, hmm. which is almost the exact opposite to, like, everything else. Yeah. But. Yeah, I think it depends on the person. Like, again, I'm someone who's not affected heavily by coffee, so. Yeah. I can see why in, in general it's good, but it also depends on how you're drinking your coffee. Like, I tend to just do, like, an oat latte. Yeah, but even then, I feel like they're not necessarily, like, because we learned in the why why we sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the effects of caffeine on your body and how yeah. that's not good and that affects sleep. And so, to me, it feels like you should have lower, like, shorter telomeres due to the effects of, like, the caffeine and the everything else that goes along with coffee. Yeah. But. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Response. There's only one study done, so yeah take that with a grain of salt yep and then finally kind of like to wrap up like the key points of this book because we touched on like mom and baby and childhood mm-hmm. how your outside affects your internal yada 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 um when she touched on exercise and telomeres mm-hmm. uh hit and moderate aerobic exercises three times a week for 45 minutes um increased telomeres mm-hmm. um resistance training had no significant effect on telomerase activity but weight training um, promotes osteoblasts, which osteoblasts have effect um, promotion for telomere. Yeah. As well. So weight like weightlifting is beneficial, but not to the extent for telomere specifically as hit and yeah. moderate cardio. Yeah. It's basically like balance cardio and weight training mm-hmm. is more or less what that. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I disregarded that because it felt very like. Well, if your cardio is good, then your telomeres are going to be good. Yeah. Kind of thing. But, but over-exercising is no bueno because mm-hmm. it, it promotes oxidative stress at that point. Yeah. If your body can't recover, then you're doing more damage than yeah. positives. Yeah, exactly. Rest days are important. Yeah. Gain seven hours of sleep is associated with longer telomeres. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting because she did quote Matthew Walker, who wrote mm-hmm. Why We Sleep. Yeah. But she was like, you only need more than seven mm-hmm. and matthew was like get eight <laughs> like because matthew was get eight though because eight hours of bedtime okay because people have like the falling asleep yeah kind of moments yeah like you take longer to fall asleep once you're in bed i thought it was eight hours of sleep is what he was saying like no more than right. nine but no less than eight really or no less than seven i guess no less than seven yeah so he was kind of like a seven to nine range is where you want to be mm-hmm but eight is preferred. But he did account for time of like being in bed and not actually being in REM. Okay. And he wanted like eight hours of like REM. Right. The or REM cycle. Seven, seven hours of REM or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, it had to do with like quality deep sleep. Mm-hmm. And so that's where she could be referencing is like the, the deep sleep portion of yeah. what Matthew was saying. Um, and then eating, drinking low sugar and low glycemic foods and drinks will boost your inner metabolic health which matters more than weight, like I said, because BMI isn't an accurate depiction of health. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, we said earlier, you need to be more concerned with where your fat is stored on your body rather than having some fat. Yeah. Because <laughs> having some on your extremities is less impacts your body less than having it around your organs. Yeah. And then on page 240, she does offer um, telomere-friendly snacks, which I thought was fun. Mm-hmm. Very whole food, omega, just general healthy foods. Yeah. That- we've talked about other times before <laughs> in numerous other episodes yeah 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 
But overall, no, I thought the book was well written. I thought it was really good for, yeah, for someone to use as a guide if you're like, oh, hey, like my brain health isn't the best and I feel like I look like shit. Maybe I should focus on that. Yeah, exactly. That's not the only example of why you should read the book. Just read the book for preventive measures. But mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it was very, it was one of the few self-help books where it was like, there is light at the end of the tunnel. You're not doomed because most health self-help books are like, yeah, tough luck. <laughs> so that was nice. Um, yeah. I would give this a three because I liked it, but I didn't love it. I think I went in expecting something else, but yeah, I would say four. Okay. If we were doing halves, I would do four and a half just because I think it is good for someone to reference. Yeah. I think it has the scientific articles. It's like science backed. It's easy to read. It's straightforward. It's Mm -hmm. not fluffy. Yeah. Like I didn't think there was anything extra in there. Like, you know, like some of the other books that we've read, like, um, the vagus nerve one was fluffy. Like it could have been shortened. Yeah. Like half. Yeah. This one I found like each chapter to be accurate and helpful. And then even like the exercises, like you didn't really have to read them, but if you're like interested in the exercises, yeah, I you could dive more into them. Yeah. I skipped a lot of the renewal labs and yeah things. Cause it's basically just going into further detail about what she talked about in the chapter. And I was like, I understood that next. Exactly. So I did the same thing. Yeah. But for someone who wanted more information, I like yeah. that there's they're, they're there. Mm-hmm. And that way she's not bogging down the whole chapter with nonsense. Yeah. So. Nope. That makes sense. Yeah. It was good. So mm. I guess that wraps up for today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, go to patreon.com slash sometimes Shibata slaps to sign up for our Patreon. It is two bucks mm-hmm. a month and you get all of our episodes ad free and we'll start putting some fun videos on there. So, mm-hmm. yep. And then as for us, I'm Mac Joy. I'm It's Jupes. We are Sometimes Jabot Slaps on all social media platforms. You can find our website, sometimesjabotslaps.com, which has the links to our audio and video episodes. It has our book club reviews. It has our affiliate links. It has our merch links, all sorts of stuff. Um, if you're looking for anything basically related to us, you can find it on the website. Yep. Uh, and then, yeah, Instagram, TikTok, all scattered social media stuff. If you want to follow us on there. Mm-hmm and check in what's going on in our life day to day and we hope you had a very merry christmas if you celebrate and yeah. happy holidays if you celebrate nothing i guess or Probably holidays yeah. and yeah. happy hanukkah i think is around the same time yeah um yeah. enjoy the holiday season yeah I and guess happy this, new year is this the last one of the month this is december 26th wow i know crazy yeah that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> and that's it on 2023 yeah we'll see you guys next year <laughs> ta-ta for now <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs>